Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. Today's Issues is the name of this show, and it's Wednesday, January the 5th. We thank you for listening, as we always do, to AFR. Tim Wildman here with Ed Vitagliano. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Tim. And Fred Jackson. Good morning, Tim. Uh, Ed, tell folks how they can join us on what you call that their internet. Yes, if they want to watch us do radio, you mm. can go to either Facebook or YouTube. Search for Today's Issues. That is the name of this program. Click through, and uh, you will see us. Some of you are already watching us. So thus, that's why I'm waving inside the studio, waving to our viewers. And uh, also, if you want to listen to American Family Radio, I know the holidays are over and you might not be doing much traveling, but if you're going to be away from your terrestrial radio station and you want to listen, you can download the AFR app and you can listen wherever you have a signal. Also, you can listen at uh, AFR.net on your computer and you can stream our audio live. Or download podcasts. Fred, what do you got? Well, you know, we've been uh, talking about on this program and in our newscasts about uh, what's going on in Democrat-run cities when it comes to violence, violent crime. Uh, I was looking at the latest stats. is up 50%, 60%. Cities like Chicago, uh, uh, Los Angeles, and in New York. You would think that in this case, in the case of New York, Knowing what we have seen, and you've all seen the videos, violence on the streets, et cetera, et cetera, you would think the people of New York, when they had an opportunity in November to elect a law and order Manhattan DA, that they would do that. Well, they apparently did not. Manhattan's new DA, who was sworn in on January the 1st, is Alvin Bragg. He's a former federal prosecutor, uh, and in his first memo, I want you to have a listen to this. Uh, he's, he's, among other things, he does not intend to prosecute several crimes. He's apparently listed them, including resisting arrest, marijuana possession, prostitution, trespassing. He wants to read, he doesn't want to incarcerate people only for violent crimes. He doesn't want to keep people in jail who are uh, charged with crimes. He thinks that's a bad idea. So, can you imagine, let's just take the resisting arrest. He doesn't want to prosecute someone. The police are about to put this person in handcuffs, and they struggle to, to run away. He is not going to prosecute crimes like that. I tell you what, there's widespread criticism this morning. I was listening to an interview with Douglas Murray on Fox & Friends this morning. He's one of their commentators. Uh, cut number nine, this is what Douglas Murray had to say. Uh, the policy that the new DA is talking about 
is something like the opposite of the broken windows policy that James Wilson and others came up with in the 1980s and which Mayor Giuliani instituted in the 1990s. That was a policy whereby even the sort of small uh, misdemeanors uh, were, se were taken seriously because there was a recognition that relatively small misdemeanors lead to bigger ones, lead to other people being encouraged to commit crime, uh, downgrade the whole area, and that you have to take everything seriously if you're going to reform and make city safe. The DA now we're talking about is doing exactly the opposite of that. He's saying that everything except for murder and a couple of other uh, um, crimes uh, shouldn't be uh, resulting in carceral sentences and in fact uh, should be effectively uh, uh, let go. Can you imagine now, like I say, New York is already up in violence and now you've got a DA who is telling the public, hey, you don't have to worry. I'm not even going to prosecute you for crimes such yeah. as resisting arrest. Well, he's made New York, uh, at least Manhattan, a uh, sanctuary city for criminals. Yes. That's a good way of putting it. Because this, this, is, this is insanity. I, and, I, and I'll tell you, this, the, it, this story gets worse. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, let me just go with, with the worse. Okay. So it's not only... Uh, uh, resisting arrest it's also interfering with an arrest so you are you are clearly going to have situations now where people are going to who are under arrest cop tells them turn around i'm going to handcuff you well they're going to get in scuffles with the police and people around since they won't be in trouble with this da uh they may interfere with the arrest uh and who knows if cops are going to get jumped okay furthermore this DA has also said that it was not going to seek for, will never seek life without parole in any case, regardless of how heinous. Yeah. Will never seek for life, uh, a, a sentence of life without <clears throat> parole. That means no matter what you do, this DA thinks you should be able to apply for parole after some set amount of time. I mean, the, the, the problem with. The atheist left, and that's what these people are. They are the atheist left. Uh, I don't know if all of them and, uh, you know, every one of these DAs in these big cities are Marxists or hold to Marxist ideas. But if you move away from a biblical worldview, you actually believe, which is what Bragg has said in this story, mm -hmm. okay, and has revealed to the poor citizens of Manhattan, is it makes our city safer by not putting these people, not incarcerating them. Well, can you imagine if you're a police officer? Why bother even trying to arrest somebody anymore? Why bother? Because this 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 punk Listen. is going to be able. Uh, I'm not going to be prosecuted. I'm free. Yeah, there are multi layers to this story, and people might be saying, "Well, why do I care? I don't live in New York." A hmm. uh, couple things. One is. Uh, this DA uh, is representative of DAs and prosecutors, city prosecutors in big cities all over the country. Yeah. Chicago, San Francisco, Los Angeles. I know those cities. Philadelphia. St. Louis, mm -hmm. for example. Um, <clears throat> number two, by the way, this fellow is elected, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. This DA 
who just uh, declared all the laws he wasn't going to enforce. And aside to that is, when did it become the district attorney's decision to decide which laws to enforce? Yeah. Or not, and, and to say that publicly. Um, I don't feel sorry for the people of Manhattan because they want this, because they voted for it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, I do feel bad for the people who didn't vote for it in Manhattan, but my guess is they're getting out as soon as they can. And it's true of a lot of big cities. I just saw Chicago lost a lot of people, over 100,000 people in the last year or so. I believe I'm right on that statistic. Illinois right? was about 100. Maybe it was Illinois, not Chicago. Yeah. But I would say most of them probably live in, in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, so... This is, you know, I, I wouldn't go to New York City right now. I've been to New York City several times, five, five or ten times, and, and as a tourist, uh, you know, mm -hmm. four or five times. I, I wouldn't go. No. Uh, I wouldn't go to Atlanta or certain parts of Memphis, for example. That's that's uh, not too far from where we are. Um, crime, violent crime, is, is out of control. People are committing these acts in broad daylight, brazen. These criminals don't fear the police. They don't fear any uh, anybody. There, there was a rapper in, in Memphis, uh, uh, a rapper about a month ago. He was going to, uh, by rapper I mean a, a, a singer, right? Mm -hmm. he, he was going to uh, a bakery in the middle of the day to get some cupcakes to hand out around Thanksgiving, I think it was. Two guys just walked in and just uh, – either he was in his car or he was inside the bakery. Just gunned him down. Mm. Gunned him down. Um, and that, that kind of thing is happening. Carjackings are happening to Congress people in Philadelphia the other day. Broad daylight. Uh, a congresswoman, United States congresswoman in Philadelphia was carjacked in the middle of the day. The same day – a state representative in Illinois from Chicago, uh, not a U.S. congresswoman, she and her husband were carjacked in the middle of the day. Um, this is just getting out, uh, I say, out of control. Um, police are not respected anymore. They're not listened to. So you're getting more altercations, with physical altercations with cops, these criminals, these people, they talk to or pull over and want to, you know, they're, they're, they're basically giving the cops the finger verbally or in, an, in, in reality. Uh, so it, it's going to lead to a more, a, a breakdown in society. Yeah. Uh, because what's happening in these bigger cities are going to, is now spreading out into the suburbs. Mm -hmm. And you have to ask yourself, uh, we have to ask ourselves here, is this intentional? Uh, because we've, you know, when I heard about these, the, the connection to George Soros, uh, three or four years ago in, in giving campaign donations to district attorneys around the country. Have y'all read this story? Oh yes. Oh yeah. This was, this was before, this might've been before 2018. Okay. Where they started pouring money into those kinds of And I races. wondered, why does George Soros care about a district attorney in San Francisco, for example, or somebody? Why would, why would he want to fund? It's because 
he wants to see the breakdown of America mm-hmm. as a law and order state and wants to fund the far left. And, uh, and so that's what's, that's the, that's the connection there, at least his connection. I'm leading, I'm, I'm thinking out loud in terms of why is this happening? Is it intentional? And uh, now when you, when you elect, when you're citizens of Manhattan and you elect this guy, you're going to have, you're electing the consequences mm-hmm. of what's about to happen. Right. And, and it's about to get even worse. You're voting for it. You're voting for the consequences. You're voting for it. Yeah. Let, let me just. You uh, couple that with the defund police movement, which is twins from the same mother, right. so to speak. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it, it, it's going to lead to a disaster. Uh, go ahead. Well, I, I was I was listening yesterday afternoon to this was uh, I, I was directed there from an article which is behind a paywall, so we can't post it from uh, uh, Tucker Carlson's. Okay. Uh, do we want to just wait on this? Yeah, we want to wait on yeah. this because we do have a guest. By the way, Abraham Hamilton the third will be with us at the bottom of the hour, and we'll talk more about this because Abe. His profession before he came to AFA and AFR was as an assistant district attorney in the New Orleans area. And so, Houston, Texas, both in, of those. In Houston. Yeah. So he has insights uh, from a practical standpoint, uh, a police standpoint, that we, uh, would, we, we're would we going to hear from him about. Well, um, uh, Richard Shelby, the longtime co- uh, senator from Alabama, is retiring in that state, and there are several people vying for his, his position. One of them is Congressman Mo Brooks, uh, United States House of Representatives member from the Alabama 5th District. And uh, Congressman Brooks, uh, I invited him on our program, and he joins us now. Good morning, Congressman. Good morning, Tim. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Hey, when is the uh, primary, uh, and and then when it, and I guess I'm assuming the general election is in November. The election is effectively over with on May the 24th, so it's a little over four months away. Uh, that will determine, in all probability, the next United States senator from the state of Alabama. Why do you want to be a senator? Well, I'm a conservative. I'm also a believer in the United States Constitution, the foundational principles that have combined to make America the greatest nation in world history. All of those things that we believe in are under assault, whether it be First Amendment, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, uh, right to assemble, Second Amendment, right to bear arms, whether it's free enterprise versus dictatorial uh, socialism, whether it's amoral versus moral values, or you just kind of hit on that, uh, law and order. I'm a former prosecutor in Tuscaloosa and former district attorney of Madison County, and the only way to treat these criminals is to punish them so severely that they will not engage in criminal conduct. We have to start thinking about some of these people as enemies of law and order. They, they are not our friends. And we have to do what is necessary to ensure that people who believe in law and order, who want to live their lives without fear of rape or assault or murder, that, that we're able to protect them. And, and you, I heard you talking about Soros. You're spot on. America has enemies without. Um, communist China, old Soviet Union, now Russia, Iran, but we also have enemies within who don't like America, who don't like the United States Constitution, who don't like our foundational principles, and we have to be guard, on guard against those things, too. And as a United States senator, 
uh, moving from the House of Representatives, you're much better positioned to be able to protect the things that have made America the greatest nation in world history. Talking to Congressman Mo Brooks, but it seems to me that you may be able to get more done in the House than you would in the Senate. Doesn't the Senate move like a turtle? <laughs> I mean, I'm just well, asking. It's important. Go it's ahead. important to get things done, but in this kind of environment, it's more important to stop bad things from happening. Look at the $30 trillion debt we've racked up uh, because of the free spending ways of Socialist Democrats coupled with our debt junkie rhino Republicans. That's a horrendous burden we're placing on America's future. $30 trillion. That's roughly $90,000 for every man, woman, and child in the United States of America. If our creditors decide tomorrow, I mean, those creditors are foreign, like communist China. Um, if they suddenly decide they're not going to loan us more money, can you write a $90,000 check for every member of your household? That's what we're looking at. I, I can write one, Congressman, but I, I don't think I don't think it'll go go much further than that. Boing, boing, boing. Well, that's uh, the same thing that will happen with our Social Security check if yeah. the United States of America goes bankrupt because of our debt junkie congressmen and senators. Congressman, there is a uh, – speaking of uh, enemies within, there is an internal – and there has been for as long as I can remember. There's an internal struggle in, well, quite frankly, in both political parties. You, uh, but in the in the in the uh, Republican Party, there's the, uh, I guess what, for lack of a better term, establishment uh, side, uh, the more uh, the more liberal side, and then yeah, you they're ha- hostage to the special interest groups. Okay, why don't you just say what you think? And, and uh, we'll just cut to the chase right there. <laughs> no, well, I do. It gets me in trouble yeah. all the time. No, no, no. With the, with the fake news media and liberals, whether they be Republicans or Democrats. No, no. I was leading up. To, I was going to give you some wiggle room there, but no, you went right for the uh, jugular. Uh, so, but there is a you, you have constitutional repu- uh, uh, constitutional conservatives, and then you have the other side. I call them the establishment or the more liberal side. And uh, we need more constitutional conservatives, not just ours. Uh, we need uh, we need constitutional conservatives uh, in the House and the Senate, and and that's what you would bring to the table if you were elected to the Senate, right? That's what I offer. I'm the only conservative running for the United States Senate in the state of Alabama. I'm certainly the only one who has ever voted by way of example. Uh, pro-life, the only one who has publicly voted against tax increases, the only one running who has voted to secure our southern border, uh, the only one running who has voted to protect uh, free enterprise from the onslaught of uh, dictatorial socialism, uh, the only one who has voted to protect and defend our constitutional principles that have made us who we are. Congressman Mo Brooks on with us. He's one of the candidates for United States Senate. In Alabama, uh, Richard Shelby's retiring, and so uh, Alabamians will elect a new United States senator. Where can people go to find out more about your campaign? Thank you so much for asking. MoBrooks.com. I'm not the darling of the special interest groups. I'm a principal conservative, which they hate. Special interest groups want someone who's malleable and will do what the money says, and I don't do that. So they're all in with many, many millions of dollars helping uh, people running against me because they do not like us principled conservatives. You've seen it play out nationally. It's playing out in the state of Alabama. Love your help. MoBrooks.com. Thank you, Congressman. Appreciate it. Have a good day, my friend. 
Thank you. You okay. too. Bye-bye. It's, uh, he's uh, one of the candidates there. Uh, there are others, but he is right. And, and, and whoever wins the Republican primary will be the next senator in Alabama right. because it's a red state. Uh, uh, so they had Doug Jones there uh, for two years, a Democrat, which was an aberration in the state of Alabama, uh, because uh, uh, and now Tommy Tuberville, the former uh, college football coach is a uh, United States Senator, one of the senators from Alabama. So they've got, so Shelby's been there. Good night. Uh, since, Richard Shelby's uh, been there. Late eighties. Late eighties. It's like 35 years or something close to that. So. Right. So Long anyway, uh, all right, you're listening to today's issues on the American family radio network. Next story, Fred. Well, uh, one of the debates going on in this country right now, uh, with regards to how to respond to COVID and uh, again, we go to a liberal-run city, Chicago, this morning. They were ready to give credit to the Chicago leadership, uh, the city leadership there. They were ready to reopen schools because there's scientific evidence now that our kids need to be back in the classroom. Well, 48 hours ago, the teachers' union in Chicago said, no, uh, we're voting not even to show up for classes. They have been forced in Chicago to cancel all classes. We're talking about hundreds of thousands of kids cannot go to school today because the teachers union, the teachers union has all of a sudden, I guess they're scientists. They're making health decisions for the whole city of Chicago. And these kids are now stuck at home. We know that this is bad. Senator Rand Paul, who's doctor, actually Dr. Rand Paul, was asked about this this morning, school closings. He says it's not based on science. Cut number seven. Well, it's tragic, and the thing is, the science doesn't support closing the schools down. In Sweden, the schools have stayed open continuously for the last year and a half. They don't wear masks. The kids are not dying. The teachers are not dying. Really, there's no science behind closing the schools down. Now, it used to be the policy, and had been the policy for most of modern medicine, that if kids were sick, they were sent home. And if a bunch of kids were sick, then we might close the schools for a couple of days. But we're not doing that. We're doing mass testing of people who are not sick. We're sending people home who have no symptoms. And then we're testing whole classes and sending more people home, and it ripples out until the whole school is sent home. But it, it isn't really based on the way you would actually do this if you were using any common sense. And in addition to that, he noted that the Chicago School District was given millions of dollars to put precautions in place for COVID, such as putting this plexiglass up around students, etc. Dr. Rand Paul actually said the plexiglass around students is probably doing more harm than good because it locks students in. They can't get that ventilation system, the benefits of a ventilation system in there, which but is, you'll remember, the liberals said all our schools need new ventilation systems. This plexiglass blocks that, that fresh air from getting to them. So the bottom line in all of this, and Dr. Rand Paul is saying this, we are not following the science. I found it very interesting. I didn't know Sweden, Sweden, I think he said, they haven't shut down their schools. No. They, the don't, wear ma- they don't wear masks, he said, for the last year. Well, this doesn't affect children uh, hardly at all. Mm-hmm. Talking about COVID, has it from the beginning. Uh, I will say this. The teachers' union there in Chicago is at odds with the mayor. Yes. Right. Who is a far lefty. Yes. I mean, uh, Lori Lightfoot. Lori Lightfoot. Uh, she's a far lefty. And she, uh, am I right? Yes. She's yes, saying she is. Uh, she's, and then, and then, and Biden, 
said schools shouldn't close either. Mm-hmm. Right. President Biden. I think I think Mayor Lightfoot said that the the teachers will not get paid if they don't show up. I don't know whether she. I, I don't know she, what that happens when you have a mayor conflict with the teachers union. I just don't know. But yeah. that's what she well, said. Well, I mean, these are, you know, that that's that's rare that you see a Democrat get into it with the teachers union. That's yeah, because the public, the parents, are revolting. Yes, they're saying yeah. enough. Yeah. Uh. Other than someone, that, everything's some, going well. Someone once <laughs> said liberalism is a mental disorder. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yes. And it's just proven out every day, right? Yeah. We'll be back in a minute. Stay with us. What does the American Family Association stand for? We believe true morality flows from biblical principles and directs people to the manner in which God intends them to live. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us as we seek to stop the erosion of godly values. Every American ought to visit George Washington's Mount Vernon estate south of Washington, D.C. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. We're going to be going to Mount Vernon on one of our spiritual heritage tours coming up in June and September. Wanted to let you know about these tours already because they will fill up quick. So... For all the information, go to the website spiritualheritagetours.com, spiritualheritagetours.com. We're going to be going to Yorktown, Jamestown, and Williamsburg as well on a separate trip. So, so much rich American history there to be experienced. Stephen McDowell of the Providence Foundation is a nationally noted historian, and he's going to be with us along the way. Spiritualheritagetours.com. Hello Americans, I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. No matter your career goals, you want to find a university that provides excellent academics and state-of-the-art facilities at a price you can afford. At Liberty University, they believe a quality Christian education should be available to everyone. That's why they've frozen their tuition rates through the 2021-2022 academic year and offer multiple scholarships, like the Middle America Scholarship, to bring that price point even lower. Learn more by texting STARNS to the number 49596. Retailers are packing up and leaving San Francisco faster than you can say rice a 17 Walgreens now closed, nearly every Gap store is gone, and CVS is not far behind. The reason is shoplifting. It's become an epidemic in San Francisco, in large part because of a change in the law. Nonviolent thefts are now considered to be misdemeanors if the stolen goods are worth less than $950. When that happened, well, it became open season on local stores. The most recent, a Walgreens, when a guy rode into the store on a bicycle and stole nearly everything on the shelves. City leaders say they are perplexed. They don't know how to fix the problem. Spoken like true liberals, here's what needs to happen. Change the law. Unleash the police. Impose jail time. Hard jail time for shoplifters. Otherwise, folks in San Francisco are going to have to drive to Sacramento to get their prescriptions refilled. I'm Todd Starnes. We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers. 
remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 1, 3. American Family Radio. This is Today's Issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of Today's Issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of Today's Issues. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the program Today's Issues here on the American Family Radio Network. Thanks for listening to AFR. I'm Tim Wildman with Ed Battagliano and Fred Jackson. Uh, we're all here in studio. We hope you're having a great day so far. But we hope you have a great day the rest of the day, yes. not just so far. But, you know, you've got to get to 10, 1030 Central. Before you can get to 1130. That's what my but, coach used to say. And before you can get to 1230. So. Right. It's one hour at a time. <laughs> That's right. Huh? Put your foot, in, you just, one foot in front of the other, just, one hour at a time. Just take it one hour at a time, people. I mean, right. it is the time of the year for those kinds of yeah. inspiring sayings. Take it one hour at a time, and yeah. then five o'clock's here, and it's dark. <laughs> and it's cold. Now, I will I will say this. It's miserable. I hate winter. I, I do hate. I'm I, a hate group leader for winter. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Freely admitted. Uh, I do I do hate walking out of the building yes. at five o'clock and it being dark. It's wrong. That is, I know. That's, but now we have turned the... The uh, page, so yes. to speak, on days are uh, uh, days are getting longer. We've already had the shortest day. Yes. yes. So every day now, moving forward through the calendar, we will get. You can keep account. Uh, we get a, about a minute a day, I guess. Approximately, we'll get uh, we'll get lighter with June peaking. Yeah. Because uh, you can play eighteen holes at, <laughs> after five o'clock in June. I've learned that. Uh huh. That's. <laughs> That's speed golf, though, right? <laughs> You're moving, but you can get through by the time the sun sets. All right. Well, uh, on Wednesdays, most Wednesdays, when he is available, our colleague and good friend Abraham Hamilton III joins us to talk uh, usually about something related to the law because that's Abe's profession. He is an attorney. He serves as our general counsel here at AFA. And he's also the host of the Hamilton Corner each afternoon from 5 to 6 o'clock Central on American Family Radio. Good morning, Abe. Good morning. Abe, uh, we were talking earlier in the hour about uh, this new DA in Manhattan, New York, basically announcing that uh, he wasn't going to prosecute, uh, I don't know, he listed 7, 8, 10 crimes that either he wasn't going to prosecute, well, wasn't going to prosecute or going to take them very lightly. You you're you're uh, you worked in uh, what a, a, a district attorney's office in uh, Houston and New Orleans? Is that right? That's right. That's right. Okay. What was your job? I was a major felony prosecutor. <laughs> I prosecuted armed robberies, uh, rapes, child sexual abuse, murder. You name it, I, I prosecuted it. Okay. Uh, let me just interject here and ask a question because I I was thinking about this during the last segment when we were talking about this. Uh, this uh, DA in Manhattan. So, Abe, with your background, are prosecutors, can prosecutors just say, uh, we don't like this law or we don't like the way it's written, we don't like the penalty, so we're just not going to prosecute? I mean, I do know from having watched Law & Order, okay, <laughs> that that prosecutors 
might decide not to charge someone or prosecute if they don't think the evidence is strong enough to get a conviction. Mm -hmm. But can they just decide, nah, we're not going to... This is what... Uh, the Some of the felonies that this uh, DA said he's not going to uh, prosecute or... Uh, well, he said they're not going to prosecute, calling for the decriminalization or non-prosecution for crimes including marijuana possession, turnstile jumping, that's at the subway, trespassing, resisting arrest, interfering with an arrest, and, prosec and prostitution. Can, <laughs> can a DA do that? Technically, yes. Um, and their accountability ultimately is supposed to be to the voters unless state legislatures remove that uh, type of discretion from the prosecutor's office. Um, you have a lot of conversation, for example, in the federal system uh, about sentencing guidelines, that the prosecutors do not have the authority to ask for lower sentences than the guidelines. In the federal system, they've removed from the prosecutors the discretion or the broad discretion to abandon uh, particular sentences for particular crimes. In some states, in most states, frankly, the prosecutors, the district attorney's office has the authority to employ that discretion. However, uh, the discretion was never anticipated, I don't believe, by most state legislatures that d elected district attorneys will wholesale nullify certain parts of their criminal code. I mean, it, it is. And, and not only did the, the newly elected Manhattan D.A. say he won't prosecute those crimes that you listed as min misdemeanors, but he also went on to say that they won't seek, quote, carceral sentences for for felonies other than for homicides. Unless it's a violent felony with a deadly weapon that causes serious injury, domestic violence felonies, with some exceptions in extraordinary circumstances. I'll just say it plainly. This is a disaster waiting to unfold because a lot of people don't understand the distinction between misdemeanor and felony. It is a distinction in the length of the sentences, the duration of the sentences. It doesn't is not it, the distinction between felonies and misdemeanors do not exist to say that misdemeanors are not crimes. They are crimes, but they aren't sentenced as heavily as other crimes. And so when you have a district attorney, an elected district attorney that comes out and says we will no longer prosecute resisting arrest. Guess what? That's telling criminals that they can do to police officers. Yeah. Hey, they can do whatever they want. Yeah. You know, hey, to, to go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. I'm I was sorry. just going to ask. So Abe's voice was rising. Yes. And you and Fred interrupted. And him. Fred and you interrupt. He was about to. I want to keep you on top of the wave here. So okay. that's, that's why I'm going to ask this question. Here's what I don't understand. We got crime wave in New York now. Right we now. Got, we got a bright, uh, new mayor who is supposed to be the law and order mayor. He campaigned on this. Mm -hmm. So why would you elect someone? And what is the philosophy behind telling now the city of New York, hey, I'm going to let a whole bunch of people go who commit crimes. And this is going to make things better for our city. Where does that thinking come from, Abe? I, I believe right before I came on, I heard someone astutely observe that uh, liberalism is a mental disorder. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, and, and it, it, it's, it's a funny quip, but it actually is true because it shows an inconsistency that the newly elected mayor is a former police officer himself. Yes. But you elect this this district attorney who has adopted this this regressive posture on 
policing. And, and, and it comes from the same ideology, you know, the new Jim Crow, this progressive approach to crime. We need to reimagine policing. We don't need police officers making traffic stops. We need social workers. But it just it denies the reality of criminality. It's what it is. These are not people who are heeding the wisdom of experts in this field. These are people that are trying to social engineer through the criminal justice system. And the unfortunate reality is that there are real victims that are going to suffer from this. There are real victims that are going to bear the brunt of this. The people that are in, in poorer areas of the of the cities, they're going to bear the brunt of this. Because when criminals get wind of this kind of thing, and in case people have forgotten, um, criminals don't really have much regard for the law anyway. Right. But when you have criminals who are then notified by the highest law enforcement officer in the jurisdiction and the elected district attorney who says that we will no longer prosecute these crimes you will no longer be arrested if you interfere with an arrest you will no longer be arrested if you resist arrest this is insane and unfortunately it puts police officers in further jeopardy than they already are in because yeah. if, if, if you have those circumstances at least the police officers can rest on rely on the fact that if you do resist this arrest that there are penal consequences for that. But when you remove that, you're literally taking a, a tool from the arsenal of the police officers. That, that you can prosecute bad police officers for abusing their authority while simultaneously enforcing the laws that exist on the books. I, I, I have a hard time believing, I do believe it, cause, but that he would list this DA. In New, we're talking about the new DA in, in Manhattan, New York, folks, uh, listing a series of crimes that he's not going to enforce. And, and also, the reason we're talking about this, this is going on. This kind of thinking is taking over big city America, okay? And it's going to it, – so you're going to – it's going to continue to deteriorate. Uh, the quality of life in these big cities is, is going to – conventions are going to leave. Businesses are going to leave. People who can flee are going to get out. Uh, it's going to only get worse. But I guess – my my question is why in the world, Abe? You just you just uh, talked about this a little bit. Why in the world would uh, a a district attorney say to criminals, "We're not going to prosecute you for resisting arrest"? That is just saying, "Fight if you want to fight the cops, go for it," go or for inter it. or interfering in, in an arrest. Yes. So people watching. Who surround the cop? And that's, trying that's to been arrest, happening more and more. They're going to jump in too. You're not going to have any police yes. officers in five years. <laughs> those who can get out, or they're going to continue to policing is going to change. To uh, you get a nine one one call, and the officers are just going to say, "Well, after we'll be there in fifteen minutes," and they're going to circle the block a few times, wait till the crime's over, and then make it a crime scene instead of doing any kind of. Uh, interaction with the criminals uh try to avoid that as much as possible that's what i'm th that's be a natural reaction to to this um hey what about um have you done any research into the george soros uh funding of these uh kinds of i don't know if he funded this manhattan da george soros folks is uh you know a well-known far left uh, uh billionaire who uh it, it, you know, is he he hates he basically hates the the principles that the United States of America is founded on, and so he's go ahead a comment on that if you well would. and and he 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 literally earmarks a particular percentage of his annual revenue for for political engagement literally 
And so he has expressly committed to trying to uh, fundamentally transform America. Tell me whether or not you've heard that phrase before uh, by impacting its criminal justice system. He has rightly identified uh, the most potent force in criminal justice is at the district attorney's office, because if you have police officers who are, you know, who are working diligently on the streets making arrests. Well, guess what? If you have district attorneys who won't prosecute criminals for those crimes that they've been arrested for and you have district attorneys who'd like this one in manhattan who supports uh these lenient bail laws to where you go in jail you get out the same day and all of these things happen and so he has bankrolled campaigns all across the country you know and this this is no secret that there are on unfortunately on the democrat side it's kind of a badge of honor to get the george soros stamp of approval you know, you had the same thing happened in St. Louis. You had it happen in Ferguson. You had it happen in Houston, Texas. You have it happen all across the country. And so these things are not just happening by happenstance. There's an intentional and concerted effort to to transform the United States of America by literally creating an environment where criminals are no longer prosecuted and they're left out. I mean, even the, the notion of this Manhattan DA uh, to say we're not going to seek carceral sentences for anything other than homicides like this. This is this is absurd. This is absurd. So, so so people can rob one another, steal from one another, do all of these other things uh, and, and they won't go to prison. This, this is insane. You're literally signaling to the constituents and to the criminals that it is a free for all in the city. Hey, one other question I have, then we'll let you go here. Just curious. Uh, do you ever have any discussions with your former colleagues in Houston and in New Orleans or this uh, or the is crime on the rise, violent crime on the rise in those cities, too? I, I, I do talk to some of them and, and they're experiencing many of these things. And so th to be clear, I prosecuted in a suburb of New Orleans in Jefferson Parish. Okay. And so that is a perfect example, though, because you have crime surging in Orleans proper. And then literally across the Mississippi River Bridge, you have the exact a complete difference in the posture of a prosecution of arrest. And you have a far different quality of life. That's why you have a, a continuously decreasing uh, tax base in Orleans proper, because citizens are moving more and more and more and more and more to the suburbs for quality of life purposes. Yeah. Thanks, Abe. Take care my friend. Appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. That's Abraham Hamilton. The third, you can hear him each afternoon on American family radio on the Hamilton corner from five to six o'clock central time. What do you think about what Abe's just talking about there? Oh, I, no, I, I think it's recognized as he was as talking, as Abe was talking, I was thinking about the election of Richard Nixon in 1968. He was reelected in 1972 and then, of course, had to resign or step down because of Watergate. But he ran on a uh, law and order platform. The, the Democratic Party, even back then, was noted for being soft on crime for considering the rights of the criminal rather than the rights of the victim or the effects on society. All this stuff was happening in the 60s as well. I was, I was thinking about that as, as Abe was talking about how the core beliefs of the left continually bring to the forefront a non-biblical view of humanity and, and the world. So, what do you mean by that? Well, those, maybe for those who are listening who aren't familiar with the term biblical worldview, what do you mean by so that? So, a biblical worldview says human beings, all people are sinners. That's why, spiritually speaking, uh, we uh, require a savior. And that uh, if government does not restrain the evil impulses of human beings, 
you will lose control and your society will decay. So the left, which has abandoned God and has rejected a Christian worldview, has to look for another explanation for why crimes are committed. And their explanation is things like, their explanation includes things like um, racism. It's the guns. Uh, it's guns are the problem. Uh, poverty is the reason. Now, this is part of uh, Alvin Bragg's uh, explanation that this Manhattan DA, he's saying the, we need to help these criminals and, and and you don't help them by putting in pri- them in prison. You help them by giving them jobs and giving them opportunities. And when you take that view of the world, which is incorrect, okay, now I'm not saying that poverty doesn't ever or create. Or we don't believe in second chances. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying that poverty may not create the circumstances in which crime can flourish, yes. But if you're going to blame individuals' propensities for committing crime on what society is doing or what white people are doing or on uh, capitalism, you are going to create a whirlwind that is going to take down your your culture. And Democrats in the six, late 60s and the 70s leading to the election of Ronald Reagan in 1980, they were always tagged as being soft on crime. You vote for a Democrat, you're a bleeding heart liberal, you you. And this is going to this what we're seeing now. That's going to stick to the Democratic Party, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, by the way, you're listening to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. I'm Tim Wildman with Ed Vitagliano and Fred Jackson. Um, the you remember a few weeks ago when we had the uh, guy who got in the van in uh, or was it a van or a truck in SUV? In uh, Wisconsin, was the name of the town, Kasha, Wakasha, Wakisha or Wakasha. Wakasha, and ran through the Christmas parade. Yeah, I, I'm a, how many people died as a result? Six. Six people died as a result of that. Well, <clears throat> the news, many in the news media, reported it as van, uh, as truck kills people. Mm-hmm. To to your point, uh, what, what are you talking about here, Ed? Truck truck runs over people and people die so and that that was they were mocked some of them in the media who did this were mocked uh for this and it this is to your point when they say gun, gun violence what what they're trying to do what the left wingers try to do is uh, avoid assigning personal responsibility for the actions on the criminals mm-hmm. especially if they're uh black uh, young males, for example, or, or other people of other colors. But that's the reason in uh, Wisconsin you had them saying, well, truck runs over people because they didn't want to look at the profile of this young man. Uh, he was probably in his 20s. He in his 30s. He had a rap sheet as long as yes. my leg. And he had posted uh he had posted on Facebook and other places, uh, you know, basically things that were against white people. Mm-hmm. So it appears that he was motivated for, he had racial animus against white folks and he wanted to, so he acted out on that, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the left-wing media doesn't want to even talk about that. That's right. Because as you say, the, the, well, the, the old expression doesn't fit the narrative. Right. 
which I'm not sure. I don't know why a narrative matters. Why does a narrative matter in reporting just the honest, truthful facts about a situation or about a case? Um, you know, well, because you're, you're pushing for something else. Okay. That this is the point. Yeah. Go ahead. What, what are these, what are these folks pushing for? And this fits in with soft on crime in these big cities. That's, that's let the criminals do what they want to. What is the, what, what are they pushing for? Well, so you say the, the narrative, the narrative is that these young black males are committing crime, not because they don't have fathers at the home, in the home and are being taught values and they're looking for, you know, male bonding in gangs. It's, 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 uh, it's the fact that this culture's racist and if, and so that's the narrative. And so you don't report on people who, uh, like in Houston, uh, here, 80 year old grandmother killed in a Walgreens parking lot by a guy who had been arrested 67 times. And yet for his latest crime was out on bail. You don't say this guy's evil. We need to put him away for the rest of his life. No, you say because of racism, that's why these young black males are committing crimes and you are pushing for the dismantling of the country we have in order to replace it with a more equitable, more socially, that's more the woke. That's the language of the left. That's right. You, We want to replace this country's institutions and its government, and my opinion is, and replace the Constitution, you replace it with something else. So the narrative is serving an agenda, and that's why they won't report on young black males that commit crimes. Like, did, did you say this story here of... Well, they, they, so they sometimes will report on young black males that commit crimes, but they, they uh, oftentimes, the left-wing media, for example... We'll give an excuse for the criminal activity, not not these people, these uh, this group of people, this demographic don't have dads in the homes. 70, right. 72, 73 percent of of uh, black children in America grow up without a father uh, in the home, and so the listen. I mean, we don't want to spend too much time on this, but this is this is the reason why. You see black young men on mugshots on TV every night and in the newspapers that when it's reported, why is 50% of all violent crime, at least homicides, armed robbery, homicides, I know, why, why is 50% of all those committed by 3% of the population? Now, why is that? Does, is any sociologist going to ask that question? Any criminologist going to look at that? Any news media going to do a accurate assessment of that situation? Because that that's that's glaring, right? Okay, it's it's not hard to understand. Back to your biblical worldview, the Bible, and what I what I'm about what I'm talking about biblical principles are applicable to every race, every ethnicity. Mm-hmm. Every group of people, the principles are the same. Okay, so this has nothing to do with uh, people's genetics. In that, do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Right, because because young white men could go down this road too, 
if they didn't have fathers in the home. Bingo. Yeah. And and 40 plus percent of, of white homes now are with in the same situation. But this is not this is not hard to understand if you if you have um, 72 73% of uh, young black children born without dads in the homes, right? Right. Uh, we know that uh, the best structure for children to be raised in a father and a mother supporting one another. We also know that poverty increases uh, dramatically for a single mother because a lot of these young black women who are having children, and again, this could apply to any group, 15, 16, 17 years old, having two and three children by the time they're 22, 23 years old, whatever, well, they don't have time to get a job or, or to finish. They drop out of high school. Uh, the children are raised by the grandparents, if they're raised at all. Many of them get out into gangs. We all know this. This is maybe the elephant in the room. This is what's going on. It's a breakdown of the family and the family structure, which leads to the pictures of the young black males on TV every night right. or arrested and put in the newspaper. It's why, you know, so... There's twofold answer. To, the answer to that is not to be soft on these criminals. We have to protect our society. Right. We can't. Uh, we if you don't protect your society, you break down law and order. Then you're going to have chaos in the streets, and that's what's happening in these big cities in America. You're having brazen crime. So it's a, it's a multi level problem, but it's not the guns, people. Can but I say? Can, that, can I, it's not the guns. It's the people committing acts behind with the guns in their hands and what is their background and where was where were they failed? Primarily, they were failed in the home. Well, let me just add one other shocking opinion. This is my own opinion. I don't know what percentage of the progressive movement believes this, but I'm convinced that the Marxist elements within the progressive movement want the breakdown of society. Yes. That's, that's intentional. They want the breakdown of, in society because they believe that chaos in the streets helps their chances to snatch control. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's also going to have to be a move within, within the African-American community to reestablish the family. Yes. You know what I'm saying? To get back to mom and dad being in the home, raising the children as the standard, not yes. the exception. Right. Yes. We'll be back in a few minutes. Stay with us. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.